0: trigger something delightful now this, this could be video it could, it could be handwritten cards you can send a little gifts you can just mention them on, on social you can just drop an email and say hey look, i just want to say personally you know susie you've been with us for two years in case i haven't said this before just thank you for everything that, that you've done for us your job here is to surprise the light people go no one else has done this before because I, I promise you most businesses just don't do this now when you do this stuff and somebody knows you care they start to talk
1: welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast with business strategist, speaker and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey, Gavin here. I want to get to know you you're part of my community now if you are serious about significant growth over the next two to three years whether organically or through acquisition let's jump on a call let me understand you and your business that much more so that i can come up with some suggestions that you can get on with implementing right now go to bit.ly forward slash call with gavin that's bit.ly forward slash call with gavin We tripled response rates overnight with our video email tool. That's what Matt Barnett shares with us today in this episode. Matt is the founder of Bonjoro, a video-based tool that enables you to delight and convert more customers, to supercharge your business with one-to-one personal video messages that enable you and your business to demonstrate something very personal to your customers and to show that you care about them. I'm gonna show you how you can create super fans with your customers, how you can use video as part of an automated process, and ultimately how you can really significantly increase your conversions. Hi and welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Today it's Matthew, ba- Matt Barnett. Uh, Matt, uh, speaking to me from Sydney, but originally from the UK, re- originally from Shrewsbury in the UK, um, is uh, from Bonjo, uh, Bonjo he's the founder. And um, Bonjo is a personal video email platform that has gone from 0 to 40,000 users in the last three years since it's launched just in 2017, a mission to help businesses build robust relationships and co- with customer and better customer experiences through the power of video. And we know in today's uh, marketplace and the m- noise and the busyness on social media, that video is the cut-through medium. And then you add to that that more and more of us are living our lives through Microsoft Teams and Zoom, et cetera. But again, video is uh, a really important uh, sort of skill set and uh, mix, you so need to have in your marketing mix. So Matt, welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast.
0: Hey Gavin, wonderful to be here.
1: Really looking forward to this. So just before we press record, we were just sort of comparing, uh, given the, both, the fact that both of us love water and water sports in a different way. Uh, I, Matt's a, a keen surfer out in Australia. He started off surfing around the cold waters of North Wales and decided that, he had to move out to out to Australia to find some warmer waters
0: i love i love the u k it's a beautiful country, but um you know i think the the one day I was out surfing and it hailed so bad I had to come in and hide under my board for two hours on the beach. And I thought, you know what enough,
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it could be stunning, beautiful scenery, but when the weather's bad, the weather's bad. And you know, it's as um, just up the road in Abigail, Actually, um, the latest series of uh, I'm Celebrity, I'm Celebrity Get Me Out of Here is about to start, and I, I don't normally follow that, but uh, my wife was informing me about how they're kitting them out with very different clothing compared to you know being in Queensland and doing it out there. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, uh, the, the short, the shortening the duration of it. So, um, what I would love to hear. It's a bit about your journey, your career journey. What came that led you to the point of Bonjo and setting up Bonjo? And then, I'd like to talk about go on to talk about uh, how your teams have adapted with remote working, and then about the importance of kind of a customer evangelism and how Bonjo as a video platform is really helping with that.
0: Yeah, sure. So from the UK originally moved to Australia ten years ago uh started an agency here so we were doing research and we were doing technology for research so we did we were playing a video so a mobile video first came out we would use it to do qualitative research so we would be working with huggies and talking to mums in india in mexico and japan about how they use you know, huggies in, in in today's world and they would take us when they would get their, their camera phones out and take us on a diary over a week showing us where they shopped how they shopped how they stored stuff everything else and this was used as, as quality research for Huggies uh, in, back in, in the States to basically look at new product development. And so we built this business out. But being in Australia, which is a wonderful place to live, but a very small population, we ended up dealing with clients in London, New York, Paris, because that's where the headquarters of large FMCGs are and large um, brand agencies. But as a result, uh, we had a sales process and we would get a lot of leads coming in during the evening here. At the, at the time, we only had the team here, so obviously getting onto those immediately and pick up the phone wasn't really a possibility. Um, so we looked for other ways to engage those users off the bat. I happened to take a boat to the city every day that went past the Opera House, so I started sending videos to every single lead that came in. Um, uh, whilst on the boat, act. whilst on the ferry, while, while, whilst on the ferry game. It's obviously like I had the Opera House. You, yeah, you have the city, the, 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 oh, the city skyline. I think I got a whale. I got a whale in one of the videos once. Yeah. Of wow. And we did this, and honestly, people loved it. And I, I don't think they could understand what I said, because you know, the wind would be in my face. It was pretty noisy. And so it, it's very interesting. You look back now, like in hindsight, it wasn't the content, You know, although I would personalize it. You know, I'd say, hey, John, you sound from Ogilvy. See you on the Budweiser team. We, we, we worked with Budweiser in, in these continents. Although we would personalize it to them, it was the fact I'd stopped and done the message than the message itself, again, in, in hindsight. Um, the response rate we got we kind of tripled our response rate overnight and as a result tripled the amount of demos we would do and we would fly back to the uk and and new york and, and paris so you know we'd be traveling there weeks down the line we did a lot more demos and built a lot more work off the back of it um look as a result a few of those clients asked if they could use this video email tool we let them try it out they started sending it more of their customers came in asked if they could use it and then more of their customers and I think it overtook the original business in terms of scale within about 12 to 18 months. All oh, so right, So this was, was just an accidental
1: kind of like technique or, or tactic to get in front of and get attention of prospects. And it became a whole new product in its own right.
0: Yeah. So it was just an engagement hack that we were doing to try and get better conversions because, because we were on the wrong time zone. I, I think if we had been based in the UK, we probably would never bother with it because we'd just call people. Um, it worked. And then it got picked up and then it started going. And then we're like, okay, we'll put up we'll put a price on it. And then people started paying. And we're like, okay. So at what point
1: did it go from you shooting some video on your phone and then emailing that to actually a piece of software, a tool to help with that process?
0: We built a little tool using a few APIs. So again, like we have tech and we have dev in the company. So we built that um, over a week. Like me and my CTA built it with a few beers over a weekend. So it was a it was a very rough piece. Again, it was a sales hack. It was a bit of fun. Um, there was no design, no, like it, it was functional. Um, and it was a little bit more manual. That was the first version. When somebody asked if they could use it, we did a little bit more work on it because we were like, I think they could use this. Um, but they were very, they were very, they were very patient and they got it working for themselves. And the fact they got the results straight away kind of spoke for itself. And then, you know, when a few more people came on board, we put them on this, on this closed beta. And then we realized we had to put a little bit more time into it. I, I think here's the thing. I, I wouldn't say it was a perfect mistake. I think when people started to come on board and started to go for it, and we understood video having worked in the industry for a few years, and we saw the speed of adoption, you, you, you obviously know then that it's worth investing in this opportunity. And we looked at we said look, it's worth putting some time in here. You know, it quickly became obvious that it was worth putting more time in. Um, and ultimately, ultimately, me and my CTO stepped off the main business within about. I think maybe six months and went on to this full-time uh, because you realized it needed full-time dedication. And again, these were the right choices to make because that investment has paid off in that company growing much faster. And I think it, it because of the scale of it and because of where it could play out. So again, we're based in Australia 95% of our customers are overseas and it could go viral, And it's not a sales mechanism to get it to go. It's very much inbound. You look at that and depending on what kind of business you want to run, and we always love software and SaaS, uh, you know, we saw that and we saw the opportunity.
1: Great. So for people listening that haven't come across Bonjuro, explain to us what the platform does or enables you to do.
0: Yeah, so it's one-to-one personalized video messaging. Uh, now, if you use any CRM or EDM or customer data source, you know, use a MailChimp or a HubSpot or a Salesforce, um, you name it, we sit on top of that. And then what we do is is we tell you the right time to send a message depending what it is you're looking to do. So if you're looking to convert leads, we might Tell you to send um, videos to certain leads at certain times, depending on what country they're in, potentially only of a certain value. And what you'll do, you'll, you'll get a notification on your desktop or your phone, and it'll say, Look, you know, Mary O'Brien has signed up from Orlando. She works for Coke. Um, she is the CMO of X Division. Um, she signed up two hours ago. She's done X, Y, Z. Why don't you send her a message? And so by presenting all that data, what you're able to do is personalize that video very quickly. So it takes no more than 30 seconds. You press send, you go back to work, and then we handle delivery and tracking and the results side of it. So ultimately, the idea is to make take as much of the process as possible in this. So you're just spending 30 seconds connecting with customers at some key points. We used around lead conversion. Um, get used a lot around activation. So if you're a SaaS company or online courses, getting customers active in that. You get used a lot around referral, driving, um, and retention and evangelism, which I'll discuss and dig into more in a bit. Um, but that's essentially it.
1: Fantastic. And what kind of results are you, you were seeing in your early days that, that this kind of like uh, customs to the conversion hack, you were getting three times the level of response. So typically of your 40,000 users that you've got or plus got now, what sort of results do they report back that they've got once they started using Bondura?
0: I think, I think generally across the board, you'll see that kind of three x thing still play out. Like our open rates are on average 80 wow, um, percent. If you look at, you look at the actual like business cases, so you know we're being used for things again, very different industry bases, but all kind of conversion points. You know, we look at use cases where you know we've helped e commerce. There's a lot of SaaS stuff happening in e commerce now. People are switching to subscription models. We had a coffee roaster the other day He was telling me he um, went from thirty five thousand dollars MRR. So monthly recurring revenue to seventy five thousand dollars within about six weeks of using this. Wow, um, and that's big you, for his business. So he doubled he doubled his his subscription side. Yeah, asking yeah. one time purchasers to buy. We see people like like get themselves to number one on Google reviews, number one on Trustpilot within a few weeks. Uh, we see people on sales side of it close you know thousands of dollars of business. We help universities in the UK um, hit their student admissions numbers in half the time. So it's it's a case it's a case by case basis, um, but ultimately. If you think of it in terms of, you know, broadly as engagement, we help engage customers, again, three times better, which ultimately leads to certain um, metrics moving in the business. Fantastic.
1: Fantastic. And uh, you find that w- that the individuals, because there's so much of the behind the scenes done by the, by the tool, that all they have to do is just smile in front of a camera, they actually make the time to do that 30-second video rather than, you know, taking a selfie video on their own phone and then preparing that to send you you, in other words you get a lot more continuing utilization of the tool
0: yeah exactly and it's not about it's not about this is not perfect video like by any means i think 20 pre-covid i think we did we looked at like icons i think 25 percent of it was done on commutes to work so people walking down the road you know some people even do your driving, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't suggest that, but you know, on public transport and stuff and say, so you look, you're now utilizing work that was or dead time to engage with customers. Today, it tends to be early morning over coffee, evenings with the kids running around your feet. And it also does this whole, this whole change in work habits where we're starting to blend, I guess, work brand and kind of personal brand together where people are understanding, we're working in the home, we've got families there. And to be honest, that authenticity I would argue it's a benefit for the majority of brands out there. Yeah. Um, Obviously be aware of the impression that you're making, but authenticity, I think in today's age and especially the last couple of months has become like a real point of difference.
1: Hey, Gavin here. I want to get to know you. You're part of my community now. If you are serious about significant growth over the next two to three years, whether organically or through acquisition, let's jump on a call. Let me understand you and your business that much more so that I can come up with some suggestions that you can get on with implementing right now. Go to bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. That's bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. Really interesting about uh, work brand and personal brand and authenticity because we've known for some time about the power of authenticity in terms of getting cut through in your marketing. It's kind of been forced upon us, the real world has been forced upon us, hasn't it? And there's a you know, if you've got a chaotic home uh, with with, with young kids or whatever, there's only so much uh, airbrushing or Instagramming you can do to make it look a perfect world. So, uh, yeah, I think it just lends to reality. And and also a lot more people get it now, and understand. Uh, I spend a lot of time, obviously, on Zoom doing podcasts, and uh, we, we've been having some building work done <laughs> being done, and people just go, "Yeah, sorry, yeah, I understand, we get it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, look, 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 and it's a wonderful thing, yeah, because I think, I mean, I think it's it's a movement in the right direction towards how businesses should behave, but like also going back to how businesses used to behave, you know, like 30, 30, 40 years ago, I think we all got online and we kind of just lost a bit of that. Of that, um, you know, somebody looking over our shoulders to make sure we we were doing things correctly. Um, when you start to hide behind, start to hide behind brands, you know, you, you might be tempted to push that line. Whereas when you when you're exposed again, people know you're not doing that. And again, I think you know you get to the stage where, you know, we used to all have to wear a suit and tie. Then we then we ditched the tie. We wore the shirt, and now the shirts are going. We're wearing t-shirts, and this is okay. And you're getting very professional brands. Where they're putting more trust in their employees, and because of that, it's repaying it's back in consumer trust as well.
1: That's really interesting. Talk to me a bit more about that. So that 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 trend then of brands having to, so they're having to put trust in the employees because their employees are in their unregulated environment of their own home. So by the time they show up, you know, on a call, they're dressed as they are. But what? Why do you think that's actually helping uh, build consumer trust as well?
0: So so I think we relate to people like us. This is how you trust. This is how you make friends. This is how you decide if you like somebody. So when you see a little bit below, again, look, look, and the point I want to make here is, is, don't don't copy my brand or or do what we do. You have have to fit with your brand ethos. And so if you're wealth management, the first couple of calls, you're probably going to be wearing a shirt, you know, a suit. Now, what I would say is maybe consider, you know, on on, on call three, you might be wearing a t-shirt then, you know, and you can start to get down as you know, the clients. Um, but I think we all understand it's happening. We are doing it ourselves as professionals. We see that we, we relate to people who are going through the same struggles as us. It gives us more to talk about. And I think I mean, look, this was happening before this moment. I think brands, yeah, you know, like you see B two B brands almost becoming more consumerified, like if you like. I think that that was happening regardless. Again, you know, the examples are we all used to wear ties and you know and that's starting to disappear now. Um, that formalisation is dropping. And I think this is just giving it a kick forward. But my suggestion off the back of it, like ultimately if, tr- if, if customers trust you and your team more, like, like, you know, that pays back. Like that has return on investment. I absolutely like trust is absolutely key. If you can get trust, you can get customers to stay longer. And, and if they have a bad day or they have a bad experience, they will come and talk to you about it rather than bouncing or jumping onto a view. Yeah, sites. good point.
1: And then, how does that then? I suppose the natural progression of that is those customers become advocates or even super fans. So, how are you using your platform to encourage advocacy and and you know super fans?
0: Yeah, I think like honestly, like use the word super fans because it it actually explains it way better. Yeah, advocacy is always not not enough. Like you yeah. want people who who are willing to go out there and rave about you. Um, so, I think like what you want to do here is start every relationship off on the best foot um i'm a firm believer you have one chance to make a great first impression. sure um now let, let's take this like outside of, of what we do I, I think whatever you do this is the case now video is a great way to do this it may or may not fit into into your funnel but whatever you do first impressions absolutely matter i think Going beyond that, if you start that, then someone is already open and they're already excited by what you have to offer beyond just your service or your, your brand or your, your software or your offering. Um, I think then from that point onwards, you know, in, those first, in those first interactions, the first week, the first two weeks, just go absolutely overboard on customer service um, or customer success if you're on software. I think this is an easy one to win. And I say this because I still think most businesses don't do a great job of this. I think the way you need to think through it in terms of return for time or investment in, in that area is frame, frame, the, frame the money you're getting from customers as customer lifetime value. And so if you're not familiar with this term, what you're thinking of is if a customer buys off you once and they spend a hundred pounds, a hundred dollars, uh, that they're worth that much. And so you can work out, I can spend this much to get that much. Now, if you do a better job and you, and, you, and you do a customer service excellence and you keep this customer on average twice as long, that customer is now worth $200. If you, keep, if you do an even better job and you keep this customer for 10 times as long, this is actually $1, even if a $1,000 customer. Even if each purchase is, $1, 000, is $100 and they're buying it 10 times over the next two years, you can actually invest a lot more upfront in things like support and service today because it will pay back. Now, that's kind of the start of how you start to look at this funnel. Now, by doing customer service excellence, the other things that you start to do beyond that is you start to delight customers. So, I use the word delight. What I think you should be doing is surprising customers um, with not just customer service excellence, but like little thoughtful, little things that show that you as a company care about that individual. You know, we all like to be the individual. Now, this, this is a process. So, although when I say delight, everyone's like, okay. It has to be random. I'm like, it's not random. If you can set a person that says when customer hits X, when they hit this milestone, or when they've done X, it doesn't need to be, it could be a date. It could be a usage of your product or service. It could be, they've hit a certain revenue goal. It could just be that it's their birthday. Trigger something delightful. Now, this, this could be video, it could, it could be handwritten cards, you can send a little gifts, you can just mention them on, on social. You can just drop an email and say, hey, look, I just wanted to say personally, you know, Susie, you've been with us for, for two years. In case I haven't said this before, just thank you for everything that, that you've done for us. Your job here is to surprise and delight. People go, no one else has done this before, because I, I promise you, most businesses just don't do this. Now, when you do this stuff and somebody knows you care, they start to talk. And they might not do it on the first time you do it, but when you do it again and again, They'll start to talk. And two things will happen. So I mentioned the case earlier that like if they have a bad experience or something goes wrong, which will happen, you know, we have it. We have tech break. Um, people, rather than, you know, getting angry or getting upset or going away, they will come and talk to you and you have a wonderful chance to go and fix that and an engaged user and, and, and then the relationship carries on wonderfully. The other thing is, you know, if you are surprising, delighting, getting above and beyond for customers, they will take social and they will talk about it and they will tell their friends, and they will tell other people. It's not that you've necessarily provided the, the cheapest product or you know, or even, or even the best product, but you've gone above and beyond, and they know that you've got their back, and they know that you care, and that if you come to them and ask them for stuff, they're going to help you. That's how you start to create superfans. It's how you create best friends. It's the same process, but you're taking it into a customer piece. And then well, – I'm going to keep going here. Just cut me off. Yeah, yeah going keep, keep going. There. Keep going. But then the last piece of this puzzle has to be if you're going to create superfans, you also need to use them. I don't mean that in a nefarious way. I mean, simply, if you have 100 people who love your brand and you haven't asked them to go and write your testimonial or leave your review or do you a case study, tomorrow, number one thing on your checklist, go do this. Get some that work really well, and then if they work well, build a process so you do this on a regular basis. and You're not manually thinking. So if it's a review thing, when you know someone's like super engaged, get them to leave your review. If you use three different review sites like Trustpilot, Google, and, and GT Crowd, alternately send an email out for one each, each day, build a process around this, and get those super fans to give you something back. Because some of them will refer you customers, most of them won't, not because they don't want to, but just because you're not top of mind or they haven't thought about it or they haven't met the perfect customer for you. But they can give you reviews and they can give you case studies and they can share stuff you do. My advice is to make sure you ask and they'll be fine with that. They will enjoy it. They, they will want to help you. Um, so I think lots of us are not great at creating these, these super fans in the first case. And then even less of us are great at using them or knowing what to do with them at the end rather than just what happens organically. And what
1: I love about this is actually you ta- with, with the platform, you're, you're creating a system out of this. You're creating a prompt for an individual to send an email or to, to send a, a video to thank them or to, you know, a certain predictable milestone. And then also you're systemizing the utilization of the, the superfans to get them to give you something back.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. So it's all about, like, like, like we, we say internally, you know, automate processes, but never relationships. That's key. I like make like process, like get, get in a system for like everything you can that you do not as a human have to do so that you can spend more time doing the stuff that only a human can do, like reaching out and yeah, thank you connecting. Um, yeah. You know, start with though. Start with though. Like do think manually. Like it's fine. Don't worry about like scaling stuff. Just see if something works first. Like I mean, this is actually a video like on what we do. You'll try something, send something, do something nice, like whatever. If you want to write an email to one custom, one random customer every single morning, try that for a while. Yeah, if it starts to work, then figure out okay how do I make this more of a process. Um, just get your results first. The process, I I would actually say is the easy bit. You know, but, so don't start there.
1: So how? Uh, I think one of the, the things you said earlier on, actually, as you were going through the, the stage of the process, was it was really key to um, you really have custom have a success earlier on. Uh, and in, in the case of a SaaS product and a tool, you want them to be on board and using it and getting results, so that you retain them, so they keep on using it. Um, how do you keep them engaged? Stop them having sort of fatigue. So it's great; it's excited at first. I'm shooting little thirty second videos and getting results. And then people, you know, human behavior just get busy. All of a sudden, there's a risk that that could get deprioritized for them. How do you keep them engaged when they're having to do something, I suppose for a sales team, it's part of their job, but not everybody's in a pure sales role. So how do you keep them engaged? Yeah,
0: yeah so like two things here. And if you're in a business where you're facing similar similar challenges, like I would say we all face activation issues. Um, I think one is habitual. So, so getting the customer to a habitual use status. So I think you've got, you know, when you're at customer journey with us and our products, you know, you've got like first time use, you've got like conversion. Yeah. Like, like, oh, they're excited. Yeah. And they're either paying or, or, or yeah, they're activating initially like true. Uh, then you've got active, which I'd say is like they're still using it a month later and they're still using it. Well, um, customer success and the team that should be getting, getting this to happen. So this is not sales. I wouldn't say. Customer success is like a blend of support and inbound sales. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a kind of unique individual, but you, if you need to you're getting on calls you're helping them get set up you're showing them what success is you're triggering things that show them how to get better you're dropping use cases in the right time to inspire them once you to active then if they're there three months later that's what i call habitual use so you know it's like slack like i'm on slack and i'm hanging around waiting for my daughter at the school like and i open up slack like to be honest, like I shouldn't, I simply didn't work here, but I'm like habitual, like, is there any messages there? Like, there we go, ping, I've got to get to it. Yeah. So if you can get to that stage where, you know, ping, customer's dump something, I've got to do this. To get them to that stage, you need to go beyond activation. And what you need to do is show our, so business results, yeah. So and the closer you can get to the dollar or the or the pound, the better. So if you can show, but like, ultimately. But every time you do x you're on average generating an extra 200 dollars of or 200 pounds of business that is an extremely good way to get someone to get to habitual because they'll be thinking yeah. about that until they really stop thinking about it yeah if yeah. you're you know games i think if you want to see how people do this really well games do an awesome job of this so games really work to get you hooked they get you they level you up through stages very slowly they have like little hooks to get you to go a little further, a little more, a little more until you until, you know, you're playing you're playing at five AM in the morning when you should here, you work at seven a.m. the next day. So I think games do a really good job, which is why they call it gamification. And so you can build things into your process and product that, you know, people want to get to the next level. They want to get to the next thing. Money is an amazing driver, but there's also just, you know, emotional triggers and personal satisfaction that will come in as well um, that you can play on.
1: Yeah, really, really uh, important. So emotional triggers, personal satisfaction, but you're getting used to the fact that when you do this, then you're going to get that result in the business. And what we're talking about here is how to not only delight the customers so that they become evangelists, but also how to kind of like systemize the process of building that relationship so that you grow and scale your business quicker.
0: Yeah, because like how do you hold relationships with with 1,000 people? Um, I think I think you probably can do uh, I I I don't think they are deep relationships I mean there's there's obviously levels here you have deeper you need to work out which of these customers you want to go deeper with you know like I I, I chat to a few other CEOs and founders they you know, who are partners with our business some of them are just friends and, but you know like we make sure we check in because we get back like added value or feature by spending more time other customers who've helped us out a lot like I'll check in with every now and again you know, then like, like, I'm a product guy, so I'm mostly building stuff. Yeah, you know, like the vast majority of our customers, I probably don't talk to now because you've got to a scale where I just can't. Um, but other team then step in and handle those. So how we handle everyone, like I would suggest that every customer has a relationship with one with, with my team. Um, depending how they are and how valuable they are and, uh, and, and where they sit, there'll be different ones of us. Um, I think, yeah, I hate saying this, but it's true. You kind of have to work out like how much time to invest to buy a relationship it mm-hmm. sounds it sounds evil but like it's not it's not like it's yeah this is fine this is, yeah, yeah was it like um i remember even like elon musk said it about his children he was like ah oh. no, he said it about dating he was like i think a woman needs five hours a week for proper <laughs> relationship and i'm like okay it yeah. Sounds terrible, <laughs> but you see why he's thinking this way so i think with customers you know work out what it is, what the investment is that gets you then to stay for twice as long. And then work back and go, is it, is it worth that time? Or or if it's not worth my time, is it worth one of our juniors times, you know, or one of the other team's times, you know, who are potentially a cheaper asset?
1: Right. I love that. So how, how are your customers, um, challenging you as a in terms of the product in terms of the development are they coming back to you to suggest uh, further mods how, how how are your customers taking a product onto the next level
0: yeah this, is, yeah this is the joy of building a product is we have about a thousand things to build <laughs> we, yep. don't to we, have, we don't have that much team and so you face a real challenge that you can't please everyone and it's kind of horrible, but you but you just you just can't do it. Um you need to you need to try and work out who your niche is, who your customers are, and you need to help you need to focus on on them above all else. Um so these are generally the ones who you're, do, who you're who you're having the biggest impact on, you know, potentially like a lot of companies you start to go upstream, you'll start to help out bigger and bigger teams. Um it's a tough it's it, this is for any brand, any company. This is not products or services as well. You know, like niche is is great like be the best at something you're going to have to turn away at some point you'll be able to turn away customers and turn away work with product you have to do the same um and then and then to make it even harder on top of that you've then got to make jumps and leaps that no customer would ever come to you and ask for you know so we think like we're like right we're being you know we are helping generate advocates i'm like I think we should look at like how, how can we help people utilize those advocates better? How can we help them deliver on those? How can we, how can we become a bit of an advocacy platform as well? Like now, now, no customers are telling me they want that, but I know fundamentally right. we're helping them do that anyway. Yeah, and yeah. So you have to jump ahead and make connections where customers wouldn't, which, by the way, could be completely wrong. <laughs> so you're going to do research somehow. But if
1: you're going to help them become an advocacy platform as well, those advocates could become new customers, so it helps you with the growth of numbers as well.
0: And, uh, look, look, and does yeah, I, I, I think I think you'll always find this challenge with building new services, and building products, and expanding what it is that you do. That you will have to take some leaps of faith, and you you'll try and get data that help minimize the risks there. But you're gonna have to just you, like some points you have to jump. As much like I think it's good practice for your team to be willing to take jumps because if every if every ten jumps they take one lands huge. Mm-hmm. like absolutely worth it yeah yeah like if it takes 10 months to make 10 jumps and one of those jumps doubles your business like win absolutely like, I any day yeah, you know? yeah
1: yeah so uh <clears throat> for what you you can share where next for the platform where next for bonjoura
0: so like, this this whole idea of helping people understand where best to spend their time on customers um that's really kind of our goal so we're very much looking at personalization how we help scale that and how we help and how we help you take your precious time and use that most effectively so really trying to look in deeper and help people predict where they should do that because with some of the data and some of the number crunching we can hopefully start to influence um and suggest where you can improve on that so i think it's that's what excites me right now and where we're trying to go is help you make the most of your time Fantastic.
1: So, Matt, how do people find out more about Bonjouro? How do they find more about you?
0: Um, hop into Bonjouro, give it a whirl. If you sign up, you'll get a video from one of us somewhere in the world. I uh, can't say who, but we'll, we'll show you how it works. Uh, we're welcoming you on board. It's free to try out, it's free to use if you want to. Um, if you want to hunt me down, go to LinkedIn and type in Papa Bear. Uh, that's my official title. And I think there's three of us. I'm the guy in the bear suit. So. Fantastic! And what's the story behind yeah. that? Uh, well, our, our, our brand is a bear. Yeah, and yeah. Honestly, it's kind of just got a bit out of hand. We <laughs> like <I mean, laughs> we like, like sponsor bears. We send people bear suits for their kids on certain milestones. Oh, I would
1: love that! Again, delighting your customers, unexpected.
0: I, 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 I think we, I think we have to go a little bit further than everyone else because because we, we're trying to push people into you know relaxing and becoming you a know, uh, kind of dropping those boundaries. So we kind of go a little bit further to try and drag a lot of our businesses along part of the journey with us. Like I said, like it goes as far as us, but hopefully we inspire you to take business a little less seriously.
1: Well, that's brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, evening your time, morning, my time, but I really, really do appreciate it. Fantastic conversation. I really, uh, encourage everybody who's, uh, who's listening to go and check out uh, Bonjoro or if you're on uh, Twitter, go to at Bonjoro app and um, check out and see how you can use video uh, and particularly through the medium of the, the platform of Bonjoro to increase customer engagement, activation and retention. Matt, your star, thank you very much. There's Gavin. Hey, Gavin here. I want to get to know you. You're part of my community now. If you are serious about significant growth, over the next two to three years, whether organically or through acquisition, let's jump on a call. Let me understand you and your business that much more so that I can come up with some suggestions that you can get on with implementing right now. Go to bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. That's bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms. Enjoy more success and create more impact.